you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello football fans, it's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available as always on Stitcher and iTunes and I think nfl.com slash Sheck. I say I think because I'm not 100% sure that we're still doing NFL.com slash Shaq. Let's figure that out, and then we'll launch into the show. We have a number of good things planned for you today, but first things first, let's say hello to my main man, seated to my immediate left, all the way from London, England. He's our resident Miami Dolphins fan. It's Handsome Hank. He's handsome, he's handsome, he's handsome. Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me back on. Certainly, certainly. Now, listen, what, are, we, are we shutting down NFL.com slash Shaq? Well, okay, here, here it is. I'm going to just throw it out there. Yes, we are. Okay. And I would say my bad. But it's, it's actually not my bad. It's Black Tie's bad because Black Tie never puts anything on there. And so we just figured that rather than having a website which has nothing on that you promote at least twice a week, which but the, the content on there is at least six months old, let's get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Let's redirect NFL.com slash check to your podcast page where it's all your podcast stuff and we'll work from there. All right. So what so do we need to bad do? How do, do we think it is? You don't have to do anything. <laughs> Young Kobe's? Young well, Kobe's. guys. And it's... Chiefy. As you know, I'm not I'm not opposed to you know saying my bad, but this, yeah. that is completely untrue. Because the word came down maybe months ago that hey, we're moving away from the blog, nfl.com/slash/check, or we're still putting all the content, the pod- content that I control on the blog. And then word came down that we're moving away from that. So who stopped doing? Where did word come from? From you, Hank. All right. Well, we we'll right. shut it down today. All right. Done and done. Um, but so they, all right. You can still type in NFL.com slash check, and instead it will take you to the podcast. Okay, so it's it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. 
so we don't have to have Dick Banks change the intro and all that kind no, of no, stuff. No, 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 no. It's part of the show, you know. All right, that's fine. Um, all right, so now, let what to talk about. Elimination Chamber. Whoa. We have a lot to get into. We haven't done this in a while. I don't know if we have time for your Elimination Chamber. Oh, yeah, we do. we got a few of these. We're going to start you off with this one. Damashecky type things. Damashek's beard. Damashek's voice. Damashek's fandom. What? A football baby. Eliminate one. Whoa. What my fandom being what? I mean, you know who I root for? Yeah, your biases. You're not just rooting for the Steelers. We're rooting against Peyton Manning. You know all that stuff. Like, can just, I start? Because I feel like Dave's gonna have a hard time eliminating part of himself. <laughs> I think that I think of all those things. First of all, I'm not in for eliminating babies. I don't think anyone should be. This isn't Game of Thrones. Yeah, that would be weird. So let's let's not eliminate football, baby. Dave's Thank you. fandom. And Dave's, what was one of the other ones? Dave's voice, voice and beard. Dave's fandom and Dave's voice are kind of integral to who Dave is. Dave, we, I know that Dave can do what he does without the, without the homeless beard. And so I'm, <laughs> if I had to eliminate one of those things, I think I'm going to eliminate the beard. And that doesn't, like the essential Daveness of the rest or Damashekiness, um, is not is not touched. I don't think. I agree with you on the beard, though, because even though it does look, it does fit him just well. But he does this thing now where whenever he's speaking, he's always messing with it. Well, I he touches himself a lot. It's like, come on, dude. Well, on one hand, I like my beard because finally, my you know my rugged soul is reflected right, in the outdoors. In, right, exactly. And uh, and the voice could, re- but yeah, and, but you're right, Black Tie. I do stroke the beard. I always hated those guys. I always thought they were pretentious jerks. You know, sort of ma- as though it punctuates their point or adds gravity to it to stroke your beard as you say something or contemplate something. But once you get a beard, listen, trust me, it, it's it's intoxicating. Oh, my hand gets lost in there. It's just terrific. Oh, it's a it's a lush forest. The my my beard. Um, I'm losing the voice. I would, I'm a, wouldn't I be better off sounding like, uh, I, I think the podcast would be a little different if you didn't have a voice. Welcome to the Dave Damashek podcast. I'm your host, Dave Damashek. Hey, handsome Hank, good to see you again. We're having some fun. DDFP. Right? I, yeah, you wouldn't can, that I sound mean, I, better? Yeah, I like it. Maybe I, I could I, do play-by-play. Yeah, play. I'm nobody's, I'm never getting hired to do any play-by-play play with this voice. It's hideous. It's true. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Here comes Bucky. We're going to ask him what he thinks. All right, here he comes. Eliminate. Everybody's favorite here. It's Bucky Brooks. Please turn on his microphone, black tie. <laughs> Bucky Brooks. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. What, what, what we got? What we're debating right now? We're de- we're eliminating Damashecki type things. We're going to eliminate one of these: Damashek's beard, his voice, fandom, or football baby. Got to get rid of one. Ooh, I like football baby. Yeah. Uh, I don't like. I resent baby. that everybody immediately style. says, "Well, it can't be football, baby," <laughs> yeah, it which isn't which baby. isn't me. <laughs> um, I resent that baby now. <laughs> fandom, I don't think we can part with. He's too deep. I think the thing that you're gonna have to lose the beard. Wow, I say hockey agrees. I, I think you have to lose the beard. I, I understand, like big hockey fan and all that, but the playoffs are over. Stanley Cup has been awarded. I think it's. Oh, my team's been out for what feels. I think. Like about I think six it's months. Time. I think. I think that's it. All right. Well, listen. Welcome, Bucky Brooks. A pleasure to see you as always. You have a fine piece up at NFL.com right now, going over and ranking sort of the coordinators. Buck, you and me were talking at the draft about a fun idea would be to do because it was the player draft, of course. 
We should do a draft of the coaches. It's interesting to see which coordinators are held in higher esteem than head coaches. It's I mean that mm-hmm. that seems like a paradox, but of course if you think about it, well last year Todd Bowles was certainly more valuable to the Arizona Cardinals than say you know, Mike Smith to the Falcons, <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe so, yes. So we got to dig into that, and I want to dig into some top 100 talk. The quarterbacks are being revealed there. Obviously, I disagree with Russell Wilson going ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. You but do? <laughs> don't you? You do too, <laughs> so don't make it like I'm being a homer. That's not me being a homer, Buck. That's fact. Come on. Russell Wilson? I mean, he's hot. Two out of two out of the last three Super Bowls he's he's been in back Touché. to back. Touche. Um. All right, we'll dig into all that, but real quick, I want to try something new, fellas. Ever this Elimination is the chamber. What What are you doing? <laughs> Got a lot of these, man. This is a good one. All right. Last four Super Bowl champions: the Giants, Ravens, Seahawks, Packers. Eliminate one. The that's a good question. Bucky Brooks, good. I'll start with you. Eliminate which one I dismiss. You, you just said the Packers. You mean the Patriots? The Patriots, exactly. His for a black ties. Black ties. Uh, you've done the elimination chamber. I don't know if I've done the elimination chamber. Oh well, yeah, we haven't done it in a, in a couple of weeks. Well, I here. give you four. There teams. are no rules. You have to eliminate one. I just need to eliminate one of the teams. Yeah, yeah but it, it's but unclear if it's why. the one that you want or the one yeah. you like or the one you like the least. I think after having done this now a dozen or so times, I think it's usually the one that you like the least out of the group. So eliminate one. I will eliminate the New York Giants. Really? I you know, it's interesting. I think they have a real shot at the uh at the East this year. Oh well I mean well, we're not doing We don't that. even know what we're Sorry, debating. <laughs> That's the interesting <laughs> no. thing here. Well, I, thought, I thought I thought we were saying like so in terms of the most in worthy mind, champion which or? which team was the most worthy champion? Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, 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 That's I, how I interpreted it. Exactly. No, Black tie exactly there's, there's no direction. Except the given last at all. four Super Bowl champions. I yeah, I would I would eliminate I would say the New York Giants were the weakest of all four teams that have won the title. Let's do it this way. If we were to put them in a final four tournament. Who wins? Who comes last? Oh, all right. Like See, now that's uh, that's cooking. There, go ahead, there, handsome. And we're talking about with the players they had at the time, exactly. Right? The, the exact teams. Yep. Um, I think. Um, I think that I agree with Bucky. I think the Giants. I think uh, you could make an argument for the Ravens if they didn't like on their day that year, especially in the playoffs. They were they were sensational. But I you you can make an argument that the that, that Ravens team might not stand up to to the scrutiny that given to them by. The other ones. Well, if you have last year's Patriots against the Ravens that won that Super Bowl, of course, the difference would be Darrell Revis mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. against Bolden or Torrey Smith. And if you remember that title game, yeah. those two guys really had their way against uh, the Patriots secondary. So I guess the Patriots would probably beat the Ravens in that one. Yeah. And then Seahawks, Seahawks would, Giants. I think the, the Seahawks would beat the Giants. And then I think that the Seahawks of the 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 Seahawks of the year before performing as they did in that Super Bowl against the Broncos versus the Patriots in the Super Bowl that they won against the Seahawks, I think the Seahawks would win. I think it was. I mean, I think, you, I think you could argue that basically. the Seahawks should have won last. Right, and they had yeah. Percy Harvin who did that. Um, you know, had that amazing game Ooh, in that Super Bowl, right. and then they don't have him. So Good call. They get one big return out yeah. of him in the Super Bowl, and that that's would be enough the to win the game. Yeah, Seahawks. Seahawks won. I would say they're the winner, and the Giants would be the fourth team. Mm-hmm. I would eliminate the Giants. 
Hmm. Yeah, well, a game between those Giants and those Ravens would be pretty compelling because neither one was a world beater. <laughs> they were both good, but neither one. No, you just right. had to be high. They the were right a world beater. On that day, they were the world champions. But now we're talking about the past. I want to talk about the near future. Only if Black Tie lets you. No more with the Elimination Chamber for a little bit. I want to, I want to try this. I want to see. We're in summertime, of course, and kickoff is coming. Sooner than we realize, I feel. Like, I mean, it's kind of done, don't you feel? It's kind of sneaking up on us here. Yeah. Football season. I mean, they're going to be in camp in a month, Mm -hmm. you know. So, this is the time for my beloved reckless speculation, bold predictions. Let's do it, though, kind of auction style. Or do you remember Name That Tune when they would say, hey, (laughs) I can name that song in four notes. Oh, I can do it in three. Let's see if we can trump each other with the boldness of our predictions. And I will start. This is one I've repeated uh, several times now in this offseason. I stand by it. The Houston Texans are going to win the AFC South. Does anybody care to beat that? Can anybody be bolder than what I just said? I, I can easily be bolder than that. I mean, I didn't feel like that Five, was super stressed. Four, <laughs> I, I'll be three. bolder. Going once. Oh, no, yeah, that's how you do it. You have to be the auctioneer, Black Tie. Going once. Going twice. Sold to Damashek, AFC North, uh, AFC South champion, Houston Texas. That's pretty bold. You don't think pretty that's bold? Pretty bold. I'll go bolder. All right, let's hear it. So the this year is the 50th year of the Super Bowl. The NFL over that stretch of time from you know the moment that the the um, the, uh, the merger you know all the way through here has been you know like it's been terrifically well run. It's been managed. The sport's grown enormously. Super Bowl 50 is going to be a big occasion. The NFL has had along the way, yes, they've, you know, they, they, the sport's been well run, but they've had a slice of luck every so often. Just good things have happened to the NFL. Super Bowl 50 is one of those times where you, could, you, you can plan for it to be a momentous occasion, but you can't plan for the Steelers and Packers to play in that Super Bowl 50. What? And, and, combine, the, and combine, you know, everything about the, the you know, what, what the Super Bowl's considered along the way. But that's what's going to happen. Wow, that sounds awfully bold. bold? Of course, I would embrace that uh, as a Steelers fan. I think just if I can tweak it, if I can punch that one up Mm -hmm. a little bit, I think the Steelers and Cowboys is is what defines the Super Bowl. Yeah, but that's not what – I agree with you, but that's not what's going to happen. The Packers. All right. Steelers and Packers are going to be Super Bowl one champions. The Vince Lombardi trophies named after them. The Steelers and Packers will play in Super Bowl 50. The team with the most Lombardis against mm-hmm. the team, team that after whom the trophy is named. Right? Oh, that's pretty bold. You like that? that? That's bold because it has two parts to it. The Packers might be the best team in the NFC. The Steelers are certainly not the best in the AFC, I wouldn't say. But they have a shot at it. That's interesting. Let's hear from uh, behind the glass there. Is that bolder than the Texans winning the South? <sighs> yes, that is bolder than Texans. He wasn't even South. listening. I was. <laughs> he's doing uh, partly. Yeah, he's going over all NBA the guys that are going to be playing in the NBA. Oh jeez. Yeah. Oh jeez. Bucky. I got a bold one though. Uh oh. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's throw it out there. Mar- Marcus Mariota has an RG three type rookie season, and the Titans win that division. <laughs> I mean that. I don't know if that's, that's old. That's, that's crazy. That that's what that is. Hey, hey. <laughs> that's crazy. You that's what bold. that is. I mean, I mean that's left now. I mean, you no, know, and I won't do the other left thing now, later. Bucky. <laughs> no, no. That that's that that is on par with you saying you could be Austin Rivers in one. Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, on, that's on par with that. Never said that. It's not. It, I mean, it, you know what, Bucky? It really isn't. The ta- the Titans winning the 2015 AFC South 
is absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> but black tie scoring multiple, I mean, scoring multiple I mean. baskets against Austin <laughs> Rivers in one-on-one is is perhaps the most ridiculous. Which thing young, young Kobe. Young Kobe. I mean, that's that's very bold. I, I, I don't see it, but it's certainly – all right, let's well, see if you can go bolder than that, Buck. Adrian Peterson becomes the oldest 2,000-yard rush in the league. Wow. Okay, I like it. That's very it's feasible. strong. I mean, it's, it's Adrian Peterson. No one's ever had 2,000 yards twice. That alone, to say anybody will have an, a second 2,000-yard season is bold. To say that a guy who has barely touched the football field in 18 months. Fresh legs. I don't know if I can. Think nature. Here's what we need. I like this game of who can be bolder. I think we could do this every week, you know, game mm-hmm. by, based on matchups and, and everything else. But what we need is what we're missing right now is stakes. Black tie, there has to be a price to pay. If you go, that's oh, the I point. Know. If you go, if, if you're playing name that tune and you're like, I can do it in two notes and you hear like, bomb, bomb, like, oh, what? <laughs> oh I lose. I lose. There have to be stakes for going too far. And there has to be a reward for hitting it on the head. Mm-hmm. What are the t- are the stakes for Black Tie having to deal with this? Well, also we have wrong. to. There has to be some kind of valuation of what is actually bold. We can all sit here and say that's bolder than that, but how? But how do we know? We need some. We need to be able to put some kind of value on. I think the boldness. This has less direction and rules than uh, elimination chamber. Show. No, this is great. I like this. I like this very much. And uh, I. But what we need is. It's not, you know, non-monetary stakes, and I think it's like you have to wear half a beard mustache for two weeks. <laughs> always, always that. Or you, or you have to get like a reverse mohawk. What about that? I would, I, I'm in on that. You want to do that? It's a work after all, Shaq. <laughs> Coming here rocking reverse right. mohawk. Well, then that's part of what you're going to have to consider if you're willing to deal yeah, with the you, shame you of. You're going to go out there. And- Facing your colleagues. Well, we are, the really, tight, what happened, Black Tie? Why'd you get that crazy hairdo? Again. Uh, I, I, said, I, said the, tight, I said the tight. They're going to win the AFC South. I was going bored. I actually don't think that's going to happen. I think Mariota's going to have a good year, but, you know. I don't even know. Well, how about, how about physical feats? We're in the NFL. I mean, we have we have a hoop outside. We have uh, we have some space to do some, some drills, something. I don't know. To do what? To what end? What I mean, that's the, rather than we, maybe we make so we downs. just make black guys <laughs> like do push ups. We do push ups. I don't know. Oh, like that? Yeah. Uh, maybe that's not as much fun. I'd rather see you with uh, half a head of hair, <laughs> just the right but, side. But more, but more so, hair. I would like to see him have to explain why he has to have it. I think that's part of the stakes <laughs> is you can't say why you did it. Like I don't know. I just felt like doing something new. I just thought this would be a fun new turn to to, to put on things. Um, all right, so now let's talk. I do like that game, though. Let's try to figure that one out. Um, we need, uh, you need, again, a reward and a penalty for being wrong. Can we go? I mean, that one's so ridiculous. Can anybody go bolder than that? Uh, oh, than what, then uh, what, Black Ties one? Oh, yeah. No, because Black Ties one crossed the line from bold to ridiculous. <laughs> hey, Buck, go let's big pick up home, on guys. I want to pick, uh, pick up on something real quick that we talked about uh, mm-hmm. earlier in the week here and get your thoughts on this. I say that, you know, in Major League Baseball in March, they always sing songs about and they write poems about how hope springs eternal and all the teams have a shot at getting to the World Series. But reality 
says that that's not true, even though you have had the Royals get there last year and the Pirates mm-hmm. get to the postseason and all that that kind of stuff. It's still you can identify 10 teams that have no chance in MLB. Same thing with the NBA. That team has no chance of doing right. anything. Who, but, but the place where there really is parity, at least in the playoff chase, is the NFL. It's a different thing. of It's a different tier of who can actually win the Super Bowl. But who in the NFL right now, here as we sit in the middle of summertime, who has no chance of going to the playoffs in your book? Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, I, I, obviously I can mount, a, I feel like, a decent argument. What's that says argument? That Blake Bortles, behind a ever so slightly improved offensive line, hits his stride. Doesn't turn the ball over as much. T.J. Yeldon is terrific, you know, the, as a first-year runner with a, a gaggle of very good wide receivers. I do think the one formal prediction I'll make, Marquis. Well, I don't know how if this is formal when I can't put mm-hmm. numbers to it, but I think Marquise Lee has a has a year, a, a year delayed from all those other 2014 rookies. I think Lee has a breakout in year two. Huge. I'm a huge Marquise Lee fan. Like and the, Gus Bradley I, is a look, defensive wizard, so at I some do, point he's got to turn the corner on that end. The only problem, everyone is young. They don't have the veteran that can give them that, that spunk to get them over the top on offense. Quarterback is a second-year player. All the wide receivers that you talk about are second- or first-year players. Um, Yeldon is a rookie. I, I just don't know if there's been an offense – that is that inexperience that can make a playoff push, particularly when you have to play well down the stretch. You're asking a lot of young guys to understand how to ratchet it up a little bit when it counts. I just don't know if you can do that. They can be competitive. I can see them maybe being a 7-9 and nine team. Getting that, I think that would be progress in Jacksonville. But to say they're going to win 10 games because 10 typically gets you in, I you I know what I want a I want a, like a warning sign not a sound of that we're approaching clichédom you know and I feel <laughs> like you're you're walking that line Bucky what? of like well they they don't have enough experience who's the leader in the locker room not, I say not that. the leader in the locker room the leader on the field in terms of you're asking a lot of young players to play in an exceptional level under pressure down the stretch if they're gonna make a playoff push. Here's well, my counter to second, this, though. Yeah. We don't know. Only in hindsight do we know that that was a special team in San Francisco in the early 80s, that Pittsburgh was really onto something in the early to mid-70s, that the Cowboys of the early 90s and so on. You, We didn't know. Well, that Cowboys of the 90s when they drafted Aikman High and they had Irvin that was High. A pretty, that, Smith, that, you you was, had a sense that I mean, team's You're talking about all those teams you're mentioning? Those are Hall of Fame but you didn't know at the time. You didn't know what was happening at the time, and they were all young. You didn't when, – when the Steelers won their first Super Bowl in January of 75, you okay. didn't look at the you, – so you, 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 you would have said, wow, that's a bunch of young guys just won a Super Bowl. Right? I mean, isn't that the way you would regard that? When Joe Montana wins it in January of 82, the May, when, when the Niners and Dwight Clark have the catch against the Cowboys in the title game of 81 – you said, wow, they, that, that group of kids just knocked down the mighty Dallas Cowboys. And what did the Cowboys have over those Niners? Experience. I always will take youth, Buck, over the, over the much ballyhooed experience. Give me young you have, talent. You have to have some experienced guys. And even those teams that you're talking about, like those Dallas teams, they weren't in year two. 
you're seeing Blake Borders in year two, Marquise Lee in year two, like Allen Robinson in year two, Allen Hearns year two, TJ Yeldon. Well, Joe the, Montana wasn't gangbusters in his first season. There were some vets on that squad, though. All right, Freddie Solomon. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were, some, there were some, some, some vets. Like, you have to have a mix of older players that have – that. You know, that have been through some wars that can lead their guys to talk about it because they just haven't been through enough battles to go from out of the blue to all of a sudden going to the right. to, to the soup to the I, playoffs. That's I think within that I mean if you look at that debate we when we when we talked about this I was asked the question earlier in the week and I said the forty ers based on the fact that this is a team it's more about like what what else is happening in that division. You've already talked about right. how the how the Texans are gonna win that division and you just made that prediction again. We know the Colts are going to be good. You've got they've won the division for how many years in a row? They've Don't got luck, they've got all that stuff. Black Tie <laughs> says the Titans are going to be good, which is ridiculous. But part of it is going to be like, can they even get their way out of the division? I have, a, I think, I think Bucky's right. I think the youth for now, there's talent, there's talented youth. I have a feeling maybe in two years' time you'll be talking about the AFC South if the Titans also and Mariota pays off. Maybe that maybe that division suddenly in you know th- Flips, from from yeah. being one of the league's worst pretty consistently for as long as I can remember is actually going to be a pretty good division two three years from now and we'll be talking about wow I can't wait to watch an AFC South game where right now you know the Texans against the Titans is like all right what else is on TV all right so well, you know it's funny because that reminds me the Titans are another one of those teams in that division there are two candidates out of maybe five or six total that you can name that are definitely not in playoff contention, the Titans and Jags. Sorry, Black Tie, I disagree with your assessment. Um, that, do you put the Titans have no chance at the play, uh, at the postseason this year? I don't think so. All right. I, so, don't, think, I, don't, I don't think they're in the mix. I don't so, think wait, they, so the team – But what got, my point is, is that if you're a fan of parity and the NFL certainly from a business side of things wants as many teams in the running as possible – Legitimately, it's not a shill to say I can't figure out who those teams are that have no shot right now. Who are they? The Raiders? Yeah, I just wrote the Raiders down. I don't think the Raiders get to the playoffs this year. I don't think I have a chance to get to. The I, I, what I need is a guarantee, Bucky. I don't think they get to the playoffs this year. No. They Stop don't. saying I think and say I guarantee you they don't go. That's the way you play the bold prediction okay, game. I, I, We're going back I, I, to I, the bold I prediction game. I guarantee the Raiders will not be in the postseason this year. You know, here's a bold one too. I just thought of. I don't know how to couch this. I don't. I, I'm tempted to say Tom say Brady and Peyton Manning. Just say it. Just say it. Well, I don't because well, I guess there aren't stakes, just so there's no repercussions. Just Tom Brady and Peyton Manning will both watch the 2015 playoffs from their couches. Wow, that is bold. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. The Patriots and the Broncos will not make the playoffs. Is that what, that's what we're saying? No, those guys are both going to get traded. No, no, no. No, yes, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Patriots I just, I just and want Broncos. To make sure, I just want to make sure it wasn't due to injury, due to suspension, due to anything. So, wait, explain, Dave. Because so, we, ju- we just started a conversation about teams we guarantee aren't going to the playoffs. We've got the Titans, Jags, Raiders, and now you're, you want to add the Patriots. Well, I'm not willing to guarantee that neither one of the Patriots nor the Broncos go well, to You're the putting them in a category with the – the <laughs> I, not, I didn't. The I didn't put Jaguars, them in there. But the Oakland Raiders, the New England Patriots, and the Denver Broncos—all those teams you're just grouping together. What's interesting, as I say, I want youth for the most part, y- young talent, and you know the da- so Peyton Manning is wildly experienced. Obviously, as as long as he's been in the league and he's the sheriff and he can cover up for weaknesses elsewhere because he's so smart at the line of scrimmage and everything else. 
but for a, a, the, an offense that has hit historic numbers in the last few years since Peyton went under center there in Denver, I feel like they're the closest to having a severe drop-off of any of the high-powered offenses in the NFL. If Demarius Thomas is not gangbusters, that offense is – I mean, look at that offensive line, Buck. Who do they have? Well, I mean, you bring in like three, four new players on that offensive line. You lost Ryan Clady in the offseason to an – And Orlando Franklin. Yeah, that I line mean, that line is bad. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 not, it's not a mediocre line. No, it – but it's different. The only thing why I won't uh, really go hard at that offensive line, Gary Kubiak has done a great job of building successful offenses with unheralded guys up front. He did it in Houston with a guy, a cast of no names originally. They became Pro Bowl players because that zone running system had a lot of success, and he's putting that back in in Denver. The big thing with Denver will be how does Peyton Manning adjust to a system that may be a little different than the system that he's all he's always played in, and how does he manage his own athletic limitations in terms of his physical limitations, being able to throw the ball down the field, not being able to move around. I think they're competitive enough because I think that defense will be lights out under Wade Phillips. I think that – well, that was what I was going to say. So I've been doing um, for NFL.com, we, com, we just wrapped it up by division, the all-division teams, and the last one I did was the AFC West, and it's interesting as I do these things that it's instructive for me. I, I, you, your perception, uh, when you actually start uh, typing words about these teams and putting guys in certain positions, Watch you realize, oh, wow, they're much, they're much better than I realized. Or they, I didn't think they had as many – as you start to go through it, you, it hits you differently, and the Broncos' defense should – I mean, Loaded. It, is, it is outrageous. If they can stop the run – which is which is no gimme because uh, pot roast is gone, but I mean, the, outside of that legitimate concern, what if Shane Ray is anything? What if Shane Ray gives them anything with Von Miller and Demarcus Ware out there? That's a terror for any QB. Obviously, you've got some good linebackers in the middle there, um, and then the back end of the defense is sublime as well. You got three good, good cover corners. Yeah, good up front, great in the back end. Got a but hammer at TJ. Uh, a keep to lead. The thing about that team, though, is that defense was, you're right, that defense was assembled as like, all right, we know we got the offense, let's put together a defense so we can make this, you know, Super Bowl run, not just a Super Bowl run, but get us over the hump and win us a Super Bowl. And now you're scratching your head going, okay, we've got the defense, do we have the offense to to get this It's interesting that that's happened, right? I don't know that that window wasn't open for very long. If Peyton is is junk, if Peyton just is like, well, it turns out he's finished, you know, um then I, th- I still think in that division, I don't think the Raiders can get by them under any circumstance because of the defense again. I think the Chiefs can win that division. In fact, I think they will. The team that's in greater trouble is the Patriots. I mean, that, the reason that they finally did get over the hump is Darrell Revis. I know that the there's defense. a play here and a play the there over the last decade, but right, the overall defense, and they still have some good pieces there. Jamie Collins is dynamite. Yeah, he's nice, but not, not like what they had. Like, they – I think people are underestimating how much they lost. Darrell Revis certainly got them over the hump. Brandon Brown are coming in, helped them. Uh, they lose Vince Wilfork in the middle. And I, he, look, he's not the same player that he was, but his presence on the inside, his leadership, his ability to command uh, double teams allowed those linebackers to run and chase. And even though they may be more athletic along the D-line, I'm worried about their ability to play on the outside. And when the Patriots are good – meaning they win the Super Bowl, it's because that defense plays at a top-five caliber. 
when they haven't had those defenses, they can scheme it and get to the playoffs and make hay, but they will not win it because that defense is not good enough to kind of bring the title home. I don't know if you heard the big news, Buck. On the earlier podcast this week, I declared that the 2015 AFC East champions will be the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I think been, I think been, Ryan Tannehill. Stick, I've not you've been, been. You've been sticking with that, right? I no. think you said that before. No, no, I I, I reserved final <laughs> uh, an announcement until uh, until just very recently. I'm gonna tell you that team in the division that you have to watch for. Look, I've been heavy on the Buffalo Bills, but the New York Jets are going to be a very very tough team to deal with. That's because you like Geno better than I do. Oh, I'm not even talking. About, I'm talking about their defense. Oh like, yeah, that defense is is gangrene. Is for the same reason that the Patriots had it last year. They got Revis, and so that that's going to make everyone look better. Right? Yeah, I mean, you have him. You have Antonio Cromartie on the other side. Buster Screen comes in to play nickel. Uh, Marcus Gilchrist at safety, but up front, uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson. Uh, you get the young guy and Leonard Williams. I think he's going to be outstanding at the next level. They can do a lot of things, but offensively, they've given Geno Smith enough weapons, and I think he will take a leap. This year, I understand that people are down on him because of the number of turnovers he's had over the past two seasons. But if you really look at him, he's played very, very well in stretches, and I think they can build upon it as long as he is given very specific uh, instructions on how to play the game. Manage it. He doesn't have to do it all because the defense is so good. So now, Geno can play more conservative for the pocket because his defense will give him plenty of opportunities to score points. If it matters, though, the quality of your QB, there feels to me to be like a cavernous difference. As I as I said to Handsome last week, I, you know, a lot of people said, oh, I like where Ryan Tannehill's headed. But he's barely really played the position. You know, like a, uh, most of these guys, how does, how, why are the, this generation's QBs playing so well as rookies? Because they're playing in pro-style offenses in college is the answer to that. Not Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he's only recently started playing the position. I think he takes it to another level with better pass catchers this year and what's going to be a, a good defense. I, Tannehill versus Geno and whatever they roll out in Buffalo is is a huge difference. That's the difference in the Dolphins winning that division. Uh, I go back and forth with the Dolphins because I like what the Dolphins have. I like the addition of Indomitian Sue. I like what he brings up front. I like the pairing of he and Cameron Wake along the front line. I think they can get after the pass. They can stop the run. They can be dominant. I'm still not necessarily convinced that they have enough playmakers on offense. I like Jordan Cameron coming over. Devontae Parker will be a very good player, but you're asking a lot for a rookie to come in and be like a dominant player on the outside. And I like what they've shown with – Well, the know, guy who the also – The second half of the season, Jarvis Landry was terrific. Yeah, he was. But, look, he only averaged nine yards a catch. No, that, that's not a lot of production. You're talking about like a lot of mm-hmm. dink and dunk. And that offense – is one that is a spread system. The ball gets to the perimeter, but they don't push the ball down the field. They are a team that moves the ball very, very well between the 20s, but inside the red zone, they struggle. And I think they have to find a way to punch the ball in. And so, but I think, Jordan Cameron, I think Jordan Cameron is a big difference from Charles Clay, who was a tight end nominally, but but really didn't offer anything in the red zone. Jordan Cameron can be that guy. And, well, yeah, and I mean, Devante, I, I, again, Mike Wallace was their number one receiver, not known for being that sort of no, he wasn't tough guy. He was, miscast, he was right. miscast in that offense. I, 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 think, I think the pieces they've added, Greg Jennings could be a help in the red zone, you know, smart guy. I, I, I think – I think they may have solved all all this amount. Do you believe in the coach, though? No, that's well. That's what we talked. Because ultimately, like we can talk about it being a player's game, but coaching does matter. And so, 
offensively, do you believe in the coach? Whether I believe in the coach. Philbin, if things are going right, Laser, I believe. Can they get over the I, top? I believe in the coach if things are going right. If things are going wrong, <laughs> if things are going wrong. No, but, to, but listen to me. I think if things are going wrong, that team will turn on the coach very, very quickly. <laughs> that's a great point. You know what? If, that's if, right. If they, start, if they start out three and five, they could easily be three and 13. Wow. Yeah, whereas I could see Rex, a Rex Ryan rat, team so rattling people, off and, and uh, like, seven straight. There yeah. is no doubt in anyone's mind. He's he If he doesn't get to the playoffs this year, he's out. And so with that in the back of every single player's mind, yeah. I, I, yeah. All right, so feed to the fire now, fellas. Who's in more trouble, the Patriots, the Broncos, or do you agree with where I started that both are in grave trouble? Oh. Who's in more trouble? Hey, listen, I think- I'm sorry. Don't get angry at me, fans of the Patriots and Broncos. It's not my fault that people get old. This is what happens. They get old, and then they aren't good anymore, and then they retire. Man, that's such a tough one because I love the Broncos' defense, but I'm worried about Peyton Manning, and I know if he's out. But you also, like Handsome says, you have to consider what they're up against. I think the Chiefs have a real shot at that. You know – Talk about things that, for whatever reason, some storylines emerge and then get repeated a million times over, and then other things just go under the radar. And the Kansas City Chiefs defense the last couple years is one that fits into the latter category. Nobody talks about it, but they were – That's because they had an epic collapse. Not last year, the season before. But they had a – but last year, on the heels of that big collapse in Indy in the postseason, they had the second – uh, the second scoring defense in all the NFL last year, and that was without Mike DeVito and Derek uh, Derek Johnson. And I don't know what the story is with Eric Barry if he's if he's going to be able to play or not. Obviously, wish him the best uh, beyond his football, but at least DeVito and Johnson are back. You still have Poe. You still have Justin Houston. There, I mean, Tom Bahali and so on. I mean that that team. I mean that defense is defense is very very. I mean. Uh, they're stout. They're formidable. You alluded to Jamal the Charles, Jeremy Macklin back with Andy Reid, so he won't put up the set. But I mean, listen, that that team. No, the, the, the stat that you alluded to, scoring defense is the most important category. A That's lot right. of times we judge defenses on yards allowed, scoring defense, third down efficiency, and then their ability to create turnovers. They have the ability to do that. I love Marcus Peters coming over to man the corner opposite Sean Smith. They can press people on the outside. Offensively, will Alex Smith push the ball down the field? He's more of a dink and dunk passer. He likes to play it safe, throws it out short to his wide receivers. But then they have some playmakers. Why the obsession with that, though? So what? So, I mean, I get it. It would be nice to have a guy who who's airing it uh, out Flacco because- style. But if the, if the offense is productive around Jamal Charles and now you – Put uh, Jeremy Macklin out there as well. I mean, it's 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 uh, not it's not uh, a world beater, reason, but if it's good enough with a great defense, and so be it. The reason why because the league is a league built on explosive plays. It's hard to go eighty yards down the field on an assortment. Twenty five gives you explosive plays. He does give you explosive plays, but it's hard to go eighty yards down the field on dink and dunk passes. You have to have the ability to flip the field to deliver some of those twenty five plus plays in the passing game. Alex Smith's reluctance to push the ball down the field makes them have to play a perfect game offensively to score a lot of points. 
Hard to do in the National Football League against good defenses. I like Alex Smith. He's a great game manager. He takes care of the ball, does a great job getting the ball into the hands of the playmakers. But they have to have a more vertical element to the passing game to be a team that can compete with the heavyweights because you have to be able to push the ball down the field. All right, so Bucky says the Broncos are in a more precarious situation. Handsome Hank, how say you? I agree 100%. Like I said, the w- their window is closing. Like, the Patriots just won a Super Bowl. And, you know, the, clearly there's no pressure on Bill Belichick at, at this point. The, if the Broncos don't do it pretty much this year, it's not going to happen. You've got to blow that whole thing up. DeMarcus Ware's probably in his last season in Denver. Peyton Manning's probably in his last season in Denver. They, you can't afford to keep that whole thing together. At some point, everything's going. Well, like I always say, though, you know, I don't want to get into the whole Jenga piece theory again, but if Rob Gronkowski, who has taken a beating and has had repeated injuries – isn't on the field and playing at a high level, that offense is is doomed. I, Tom Brady maybe is the best but of what, all time, but, but, but that what, team is that team's in a lot of trouble. If Gronkowski, yeah, only two. The, the the one thing the one thing that saves them is we are so used to seeing Tom Brady on the field. Tom Brady masks a lot of their deficiency yeah. flaws. If he's out of the mix. Yes, they're in great trouble. But as long as he's been there, look at how they've continued to be a team that wins 10, 11 games with just a cast of nobodies on the outside with the exception of Rob Gronkowski. We had so many things I wanted to get into, fellas. I wanted to do some top 100 QB reveal. I wanted to get into Bucky saying, Bucky, you got to come back next week. When, when are you free? I will we'll, do the early part of the week. All right, let's do it next Tuesday then. Bucky Brooks is back in here, and we're going to do some variation on a coach draft, who are the most important coaches, including the coordinators. Last thing before we wrap, though, do you buy any of this Peyton almost got traded or that the Broncos investigated trading him, or do you think they just took a uh, a call that came from the Texans on a flyer? Hey, any interest in giving up 18? Well, I mean, I, I think those conversations happen all the time. You, I mean, it just became public knowledge. But you're always looking um, to see what is out there, to see if there are any deals that are potentially available. You also want to know the value of your players and what can you get if we put 18 on the auction block. It's, it's just a day in the life of doing front office work. I don't think there's anything to it. I don't think Peyton should be offended. Like, everyone has those conversations. All right, well, but when reporters life. investigate these things, they debunk them. John McClain out of Houston said not, none of that ever went on from our side. I can't verify anything. And then some say, well, it was a Texan uh, person who made the call, and the Broncos denied that they had anything to do with it. You're saying, do you? so you think like – the Ravens sometimes uh, will have conversations like, so what would you give me for Joe Flacco? You think Ozzie Newsom has that conversation with No, you? but I think people make phone calls and in the, the middle of having conversations, certain things come up. They will let you know who's available, who's not available. Uh, would you consider? Sometimes you just see, you sniff around, and deals are made out of that. I think if you're Bill O'Brien and you understand that this is a team that is ready to go to the playoffs based on what you said, them being able to overtake the Indianapolis Colts, the only thing that they're missing is a quarterback. Why not kick the tires and see if the Denver Broncos are interested in getting rid of a quarterback that is clearly in the twilight of his career? Maybe we can squeeze a year out of Peyton Manning and push our team over top until we short that position. And then that takes us back to where we were 30 minutes ago, Buck. I yeah, take Peyton Manning's experience. He can't. He can't. Uh, he can't walk. He can barely move himself. I'll give me Ryan Mallett, the young talent, Dude, the yeah. cannon arm. You gotta, you gotta, Push it downfield to my young receivers. Yeah, but you have to know how to win. Take your experience, Broncos. Value. 
there's a value in having an experienced guy that understands how to get your team to the winner's circle. All right, he can be the backup QB. Tell me everything <laughs> I need to know, and then I'll go out and do what you can't do anymore, old man. <laughs> I see that's how it should work. All right, listen, Bucky Brooks, a pleasure to see you. And I can see you're playing through injury, a cold. Yeah. you got a runny yeah, nose. i got a little runny nose, not feeling great, but I, I, I suck it up. I don't, I don't waver. All right, handsome Hank, a pleasure to see you as well. I hope you don't get what Bucky has. Are you worried about that? Is that I'm what, not worried. That didn't go through your head like, no. well, Buck, hey, Bucky, he brought in a cold. No, you know <laughs> what? I've really got into recently just taking some of the fresh citrus fruit from California's <laughs> trees and drinking it or eating it in the morning. All right. No and way. I'm not getting a cold. I'm stronger than I've ever been. <laughs> you even have a tan. Thank you. Not very many Englishmen uh, wear a tan. It's illegal. Well I can't go home till I get till I get less tanned. All right. Black Tie's very anxious. He wants us to get out of the studio so that uh, so that he can oversee his precious around the NFL podcast. Uh, maybe you have whatever leftover elimination chamber. Yeah. Maybe he'll interrupt them. <laughs> Probably not. Um, oh, w- real quick, we have uh, at NFL.com, we have uh, our old pal Calais Campbell paid us a visit in Studio 66, and we kibitzed for two golden minutes. We did the uh, the two-minute drill. As usual, he was delightful. Look that up. The all-divisional teams are up there as well. Bucky's uh, coach rankings are there. We'll pay that off next week. We'll do our little draft here. So much to do. Handsome, anything you want to promote? Nope. All right, go eat some uh, some nice oranges from California. Um, we'll be back on the other side of the weekend. In the meantime, football fans, thanks so much. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.